Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Bienvenidos a Hello, everyone, and welcome to this episode of the Star Wars Stuff Podcast. My name is David. I'm Ray. And a whole lot of stuff dropped this past week, and we're here to tell you all about it. The first big story that happened was, of course, we let everyone know that Ewan and Pedro were going to do an Actors on Actors interview, uh, the variety series that you can watch on YouTube that's been running for years now. I've seen lots of episodes, lots of different actor combinations talk to each other. Very interesting in regards to a lot of the films we all know and love. But I was very kind of surprised that Ewan and Pedro talk so much about Star Wars. And if you go to our Star Wars Stuff podcast Facebook page, you can watch kind of the the bulk of the Star Wars portion of the interview. And of course, you can go to YouTube and watch it there as well. I believe the link is in the podcast group on Facebook. But the interesting thing, of course, we talked about a couple podcasts ago was the fact that Pedro basically leaked that they hadn't shot anything for season three, which was kind of the scoop. And um, Ewan and Pedro joked about the fact that, uh, yeah, they they weren't supposed to uh, maybe release that to the public. But of course, I think we all kind of Know now that we're not going to get The Mandalorian Season 3 till maybe very late next year. Um, but there have been some other kind of developments in regards to my sources, the people I've trusted in the past. Um, just people I trust in general uh, had some stuff to say about his comments. And it's still kind of vague. So I'm going to say this with kind of, I wouldn't say a grain of salt, but I do want to talk about it because I do think it's important. And like I said, people I trust have spoken about the fact that when that report came out about a year or so ago, it feels like a year ago, it's probably less than that, but there was a big thing that happened online where there was a report that there was um, a disturbance in the force, um, if you will, with Pedro in uh, uh, the filming of season two. And of course, I mean, it, it just sounded like gossip and it just sounded like someone trying to get clicks or hits on their website or whatever. But like I said, the sources that I trust and the people that I've been trusting and have a proven track record. There's two specific sources, really. I know I'm being very vague here, but <laughs> I don't want to. If if this isn't true, I, I don't want them to to take uh, 
to take any kind of blame for this, but I, I do want to talk about this because it's so interesting to me because you have one half of the people that are saying nothing happened on set. And you have a whole nother half that are, that's saying that something did happen, that Pedro was unhappy on set and something actually did happen to where he, that there was some validity to, to kind of just disagreements on set. And it seems to be, it happened. Um, it coincided with him not showing his face enough. But like I said, I mean, this is just unconfirmed really um, with a lot of people. And a lot of people, like I said, just don't think that that was actually something that happened, but it does kind of fit into what's going on with the whole haven't shot season three type thing and him taking the job of doing the last of us, because he's going to shoot the last of us for about 11 months here. And for what Pedro does for the Mandalorian and how the story has kind of unfolded, it's kind of okay for him to take off his helmet now, but if he's going to be gone for 11 months, he has the advantage of doing voiceover work for season three and leaving the helmet on for the character. And of course we do know that there's two other men that wear the costume for the Mandalorian. It's Latif Crowder and Brendan Wayne who do the, uh, the stunts primarily the fighting. So, I mean, you have that. And on top of that, there were reports that the Mandalorian season three had already been shooting and then we got a report saying, no, 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 that was the book of Boba Fett. They're using the same stages. They're using the same volume. But according to what I've heard from people that I trust, they did shoot some stuff. But, of course, you don't really necessarily need Pedro there. Because, I mean, he could just do the voice. But, of course, the story kind of lends itself to he can take the helmet off now. So you would maybe want to see his face more. So that's just something that that kind of came up this week uh, with with the uh, Variety article. Um, so I just wanted to talk about it a little bit, and I thought it was very interesting. I think all that stuff is super interesting. That's why I talk about it. But yeah, I mean, I wasn't there. We weren't there. So we don't know exactly how it all kind of broke down. But um, I think there's an opportunity there to still shoot The Mandalorian. But of course... It seems like Marvel is sharing the volumes with um, Marvel sharing volumes with um, with Lucasfilm, and they built um, a certain amount of volumes around the world. And I believe there's one in Australia that uh, Thor: Love and Thunder shot on. And of course, um, I think there's a couple in the LA area, and then there's one in England, which Andor is probably utilizing. And of course, the Loki series dropped, and it appears that they use the volume for that. Specifically in one scene at the beginning of the Gobi Desert, if you notice, if you look at their feet, it doesn't look like they're standing on sand, and that would be a perfect environment for the volume. Yeah. So, yeah, going back to the Variety interview, though, Ewan brought up the fact that he worked with Yoda all the way back when he filmed for the prequels on, on episode one, and that there was a puppet there. 
and they talked about working with a Yoda type puppet. And you and asked Pedro about how how was it to work with Grogu, and it was interesting to hear you and say Grogu out loud. <laughs> and he said it was incredible. It was a puppet. It was remotely controlled, uh, like we all know. Um, but yeah, that puppet you can you can tell it's it's the most advanced puppet that has ever been created for film. I mean, you can see the individual hairs on the head, the ears flop around in the wind. And Ewan had the same kind of sentiment. I think a lot of us old school fans had with the Yoda puppet, because working with the puppet and seeing the puppet on film for Yoda, it's that that's true Yoda. And of course we all know that George Lucas went back and he, uh, removed the puppet and he re-digitized Yoda and put him in and inserted him into the Phantom Menace and episode two, episode three uh, was a pure digital, I believe. Um, but yeah, it's it's cool to hear how Ewan kind of thinks the same way as, as us old trilogy fans. And yeah, it was, it was cool to hear him talk about stormtroopers too, because he had never worked with stormtroopers before. It was all clones as we oh, yeah. all know, the, the clones in the prequels were all digital. They didn't make a single suit of clone armor for the prequels. Oh my gosh. So so yeah, he totally Yeah, he totally like fanned out, geeked out, got really sweaty when he saw Stormtroopers. And he also talked about interacting with a Jawa in a scene. So I'm kind of curious to see what that was. And maybe Maybe that was the person he was talking about when he said that he shot a very special scene on Star Wars Day, May 4th, maybe with his daughter wearing the Jawa costume. That would be so cute. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, definitely would. So, Ray, what are your thoughts on the Variety interview and Pedro and Ewan's comments? Well... I think with the character development that we've seen so far with uh, Din Djarin, having him keep his helmet on for like almost all of season three would feel like a step backwards. And I don't think that uh, Disney and Lucasfilm are going to rush a next season out there. Um, I think they would like, if Pedro is busy working on something else, I feel like whether or not they do it, it would be the smartest decision to wait until that project is over before doing Mandalorian or shooting everything that you can and then going and shooting his stuff later and like doing what you can in the meantime. So you're not starting once he's available, but also the, the idea that like he was upset because he wasn't showing his face enough is like a really weird thing to me mm-hmm. because it's very out of the character. And I feel like I, I don't know him personally, so I can't mm-hmm. say anything on that, mm-hmm. but it seems like a, it, it sounds on the surface, like a very like snotty actor kind of a, yeah, almost like a thing. cliche type of yeah, actor. Exactly. Thing. Like, yeah. I want my face out there. And I don't know, because a real actor is going to want to portray the character as best they can. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And that's going to be their main focus. And if he's getting into the mind of 
Din Djarin, he's going to know that taking off his helmet isn't a thing he should do frequently. Right. So there's a that like I don't know maybe he could maybe maybe he could be one of those uh, cliche actors, but <laughs> I I don't know I don't think he would be, but I, I don't, don't know so him. So I've never met him. <laughs> See, I don't think so either. I don't think it was a matter of him showing his face, even though they bring that up a lot. I think it was something else. Um, yeah, it had it had to me. It almost has to be something else, but I mean. It could have had something. Yeah. It could have had something to do with the helmet, and maybe somebody like overheard wrong and misconstrued it, which is always possible. Right, right. So yeah, he's going to be shooting The Last of Us for months, and um, yeah, it's going to be a while until we get Mandalorian season three. But I'd prefer to wait if. If it's going to result in a better product, right, I'd wait. Right. Always. I think that's always the best way to go. Um, I was thinking about that yesterday. It's like we're getting all these Marvel series almost back to back to back to back. And some people are kind of complaining about fatigue in a way. And you think about Star Wars. They make us wait so long. And the hype kind of slowly kind of builds up. And... I think that's the advantage that Star Wars has, kind of, which is kind of a weird thing to say. But, yeah, the the hype is going to build. And what I was going to lead to next is um, the Space Cowboy here. He did an interview <laughs> with Collider. And they actually... He said he was he couldn't say anything, but then he ended up saying stuff. Of course. So, that stuff is the fact that he's revealing that they're actually going to go back in Boba Fett's history and show us story from possibly when he had Solo and Carbonite. There's a whole comic book run now, Bounty Hunter issue number one, where you see Kira, you see Forlom, Zuckus, some, some of the uh, bounty hunters from that kind of rogues gallery you see in The Empire Strikes Back. And we might get some characters from Solo. I mean, we might get Chewie, of course. I mean, he's everywhere. He's in every film. But, I mean, we might get Kira. I mean, that that's that's on the table, I think. Um, well, and he... didn't, didn't you mention at one point that uh, somebody was doing an interview and they said that there's a Han Solo project and corrected themselves to say Boba Fett. Yes, it was Bob Chapek at a uh, some type of um, symposium or something. That yeah, I I wonder if that that could be. He wasn't necessarily misspeaking, and there's mm-hmm. not a Han Solo project, but they have Han they have Solo characters in Book of Boba Fett. So he, they're kind of one in the same. Right, (laughs) Solo was on the brain. And that's something that I think that a lot of people don't quickly assume with actors and doing Star Wars films. I think when a big-time actor signs on to do Star Wars, they're already thinking multiple projects, multiple films, multiple series that are going to appear multiple times. So I think when Amelia Clark signed on, she's like, oh, okay, well, I'm in this for a while. Just like with, with what Marvel does now. Every actor that signs on with Marvel knows they're going to do about eight films. Yeah. Eight, eight something or others. So it's it's not going to really be a shock, I don't think, to us. But I think to the general public, it, it's going to be like a pleasant surprise if they do get Amelia Clark 
And of course, we all know she's back in the, Dis- the Disney family with, I believe, Secret Invasion. Yeah. So hopefully, yeah, I mean, it's going to be Mandalorian season 2.5, essentially, uh, according to the interview he gave. There's going to be reoccurring characters. I think the assumption now is that we're going to see Din Djarin in the Book of Boba Fett and probably Grogu. There's a higher probability of that happening. Um, there was uh, someone on set. We all know that they share the same sets, the same volume. Um, but uh, they said a Grogu puppet was spotted. They didn't say it was on in the scene or anything. But, I mean, of course, it could have just been stored there or whatever. Yeah. But, uh, I mean, that's, uh, that's a pretty cool thing that uh, he said he couldn't say anything. And then he started talking about the fact that we're going to see the history of Boba Fett. And I think we talked about it before. That's the way to do this series to show us uh, stuff that happened prior to him falling into the Sarlacc. And we want to see maybe a kind of two towers opening of Boba Fett falling down into the Sarlacc and (laughs) passing the other, the other characters that fell in before him and, showing how he escaped and getting acid burned. And that would be pretty rad if they could do that. And of course, Favreau and Filoni are in charge. Robert Rodriguez, um, revealed by Tamira Morrison, directed several episodes. And according to uh, Tamira, other directors were involved. We just don't know who. So that's, uh, that's exciting. Also, people are thinking it's about seven episodes. And... I hope they're the longer uh, form version of what we're getting as opposed to the 30, 40 minute range. I know seven is kind of in the middle, more so the shorter amount of episodes, because I know Cassian's going to be about six, but we're all assuming it's going to be about almost close to an hour long episodes for, or actually not Cassian and or. Um, so yeah, um, I'm looking more forward to the book of Boba Fett. And of course we talked about, Bosk appearing, making an appearance uh, according to Latino uh, Movie Review. And uh, you figure characters are coming back. We're going to get to see they're going to give us kind of the hits, kind of like what they did with The Mandalorian. So I'm excited. What are your thoughts on uh, The Book of Boba Fett? I'm excited. I Because you said it's kind of like a Mandalorian season Mm 2.5. I hope they distinguish it enough so it isn't Super, like, kind of like how before Bad Batch came out, everyone's like, oh, it's Clone Wars Season 8. Um, but that feels like it's distinguished itself enough from the Clone Wars to be its own independent series. So I hope Book of Boba Fett does that. Um, but I'm really intrigued about the idea of, like, going back in his timeline. And I really hope they tell us how we got out of that Sarlacc pit. Because I got a lot of questions. <laughs> I hope they really show us in detail <laughs> what happened, like how we got out of there. Because there's there's so many like fan recreations and videos and comics and fan fiction on how he got out. I want to see a really unique way of of him escaping. It'd be also cool to see Luke with the green lightsaber as well in the background, maybe. Yeah. That would be pretty cool if they could swing that. And I mean, they have all the credit, all the clout. I mean, the Mandalorian is 
now surpassed by Loki, according to reports, uh, uh, as the most watched thing on Disney Plus. But I mean, Boba Fett. I mean, it's just the hype is building here, and I'm super excited to see what they're going to do. So, the next thing I want to talk about is the fact that um, Ming-Na Wen, uh, she revealed, she actually did this a while back, but I wasn't sure if it was legitimate or not. She actually uh, posted a picture of the uh, the wrap gifts, because she was on that 501st stream where she talked about the Book of Boba Fett wrapped, and then we didn't know that, so that was a big kind of scoop. And then she went on social media later on and confirmed, yeah, the shooting has wrapped, and other media outlets have confirmed it as well. And she posted this picture, uh, the Book of Boba Fett Season 1. And one of the wrap gifts they got was something akin to something you wear that you can place your phone in and watch video on your body. I'm not quite sure exactly what that was, but that's what I heard was one of the rap gifts, but I don't it's rap. That means. <laughs> so I, th- I think you can actually buy those. I think they're, they're kind of one of those as seen on TV products. You put it around your neck and you put your phone in it. So you don't have to hold your phone. Oh my gosh. Is it like something out of Wally? Kind of, yeah. <laughs> that, that would be something that one of the Wally characters would actually have. So that, yeah. We are becoming Wally. <laughs> oh my gosh! Yeah. Every day we get closer to Wally. Yeah, it's kind of scary. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, okay, that would make more sense. I was like, it like it shows the video. Like, does it project the video onto your body? Like, how do you watch that? <laughs> no, it's it's just a thing but you yeah. wrap around your neck. It's, that makes it's more almost, sense. Yeah, yeah, you wrap around your neck, and I think you just place the phone in it, sort of like a uh, car holder for your phone. Oh uh, yeah. So, yeah. <laughs> so yeah, I do she's... like that little art thing with the um, Fennec like helmet outline. Yeah. It's really cool. I like that. But also, Book of Boba Fett season one. Right. That's the other kind of question. Are we going to get multiple seasons of Boba Fett? There's got to be some kind of rumor that there might be, because otherwise you'd just say Book of Boba Fett if it's a limited series. Right. But it could be one of those things where if it's ultra successful, it's going to have a sequel, you know, just like every other project in Hollywood. Um I think the current assumption is that Andor is going to have a second season. Which I find of. so funny because it hasn't even like premiered yet and we don't know much about it. <laughs> right. The reasoning behind that could be the fact that we're going to get Vader stuff in there. I don't I mean that that I don't have any sources on that, but I mean you got the costume already. I mean, it fits in the story. I mean, Vader's mm-hmm. around. He's it's prime Vader. I mean, you could do a whole thing where they never Andor casting Andor and Vader don't encounter each other, but you can do it just like Rogue One, where the hallway scene it was epic. Yeah. It's it's legendary now. Yeah. Um, and of course, there's Tarkin stuff in there as well. You can have Tarkin totally back, and of course, which leads us to our next story. He's going to be back, according to reports. So we're going to see a younger Saw Guerrera, um, as opposed to what we saw at the 
middle part of Rogue One where he needed the uh, breathing mask and he had the big uh, the big hair there. So he's going to be a little bit more nimble in Andor. And of course, Forrest Whitaker, he's he's actually a, a very uh, svelte guy now. And uh, I would like to see see him play a younger version of Saul and, and see what he could pull off because, I mean, we all kind of remember his uh, almost comical interpretation of Saul's voice at the end there when he when he requests uh, Borgullet <laughs> to uh to uh, kind of interrogate Bodhi Rook there. But yeah, I mean Saw Guerrera, who would have known he, he's he's an integral part of Star Wars now. And uh Forrest Whitaker's a great actor. I'm all for it. I'll bring in back great actors. And this goes back to kind of the theme of the news this week. Characters coming back to Star Wars and it's it's cool that we're these characters are game but like I said when you sign on to Star Wars you're probably signing on to do multiple projects so but I mean it, it's it's a welcome thing we're getting Forrest back and of course there's a report we're getting Ben Mendelsohn back too Ooh. so he's coming back as Krennic which is kind of a no brain thing great actor great character fans loved Krennic we want to see him in full kind of imperial mode and probably get some death troopers as well. So the one interesting thing, though, is back when they did announce that we're going to get the Andor series, um, I believe it was at that big investor day call. They didn't talk about Alan Tudyk coming back as K2SO. And of course you would think K2SO would be a very kind of important part of Cassian Andor's story. But if we're going back enough in time there, I mean, it would make sense that there would be a time period where he didn't have K2, but according to Alan Tudyk, he's going to show up in season two. If Andor successful, so I believe at D23, he was on stage with with uh, Diego Luna talking about K2 Fast, K2 Furious. <laughs> and all of a sudden, he couldn't do it. Maybe it was scheduling conflicts because I know he has a, a series on sci-fi. So maybe it was that. I'm not quite sure. Maybe the story, maybe Tony Gilroy got in there and said, well, I want to do this first and Alan can have a break. And then he can come back later. But yeah, he did a tremendous job um, wearing the uh, the man-canceling suit there and being on set. And it's just amazing that they could just replace him with the droid. Yeah. And the challenge for the actors to have to look up at the cardboard cutout of K2's head and not look at Alan Tudyk in the eyes. Yeah. That, that I... has to be a challenge in and of, of itself. I don't know how I do that. <laughs> <laughs> But yeah, Alan Tudyk is from Texas. I always like to point that out. He's from Plano. So a good Texas boy. I, like I don't know say. that we have anybody exciting from Michigan. <laughs> um, I thought you had. I mean, no. I think... uh, one of the original uh, ILM guys. Either Dennis Mirren, Phil Tippett, someone like that. I think he's from Michigan. I think Justin Bieber lives here now, but he didn't start here. <laughs> and maybe Taylor Lautner is back here. I think he was from here. Yeah. 
I don't know. Maybe he's from Florida. It's one of them. <laughs> don't hold me to that. I don't care about either of them. I don't know. <laughs> so we've always kind of wondered about getting more news about uh, Taika Waititi's project. Mm. And he was asked um, in an interview, uh, what's up next after Thor Love and Thunder? And he had an interesting quote that I'm about to read. He said, I don't know if that's going to be Star Wars. I hope it'll be there, but that's a whole, there's a whole lot of other things that I've got my sticky little fingers attached to. So we'll see. So it's got to be Star Wars. I mean, it's that film is due in 2025. Oh, yeah. So it's like he just filmed Lord, uh, Thor, not Lord, uh, Thor Love and Thunder is a tongue twister there. <laughs> um, so, I mean, he's got to do post production on that. He's got to do all the junkets. And then, of course, I mean, he has to start shooting on Star Wars, right? You would figure for it to be out in 2025. We're going to get Rogue Squadron in 2023, which, of course, is already in pre-production. So, I mean, it's it's got to be Star Wars, right? I mean, he'd have to start... Because if um, Rogue Squadron is in pre-production now that's two years out so he would technically have some time if we're basing it off of that kind of timeline um but yeah you figure you'd have a break and then start his next project but the fact that he says there's a lot of different things that he has his sticky little fingers in i'm like what other projects are you working on because i love taika um Mm -hmm. i love his work so i'm really curious as to what else he would be working on but yeah star wars has to be if not his next project the one right after that Mm -hmm. yeah taika is a super talented guy academy award-winning writer everyone wants to work with him he brought natalie portman back to to marvel because apparently i know this is like marvel talk but she was very unhappy with the fact that Patty Jenkins was supposed to direct Dark World and last minute got replaced. So that that didn't rub her the right way. And then, of course, she did Endgame, but that was all stock footage. She didn't come mm-hmm. back for it. So, yeah. And yeah, Taika is just probably the hottest director right now. And I believe him. I mean, he's he's older talented. He's probably got offers from everyone. He probably wants to do his own thing. He did Jojo Rabbit, which he won the Academy Award for. Um, he's probably got so many things. I mean, he's he has the pick of whatever he wants to do next. And, of course, I think Star Wars might be the last thing he does before he just says, I'm doing whatever I want to do. I'm not on anyone's schedule. If that Star Wars film is a huge hit, which I think it very well could be, which in my opinion, almost feels like, I don't think anyone's really said this out loud, but this almost could be the replacement for what Ryan Johnson was going to start because it feels like he's going to start something totally brand new, something totally different, which will probably be received a whole lot better than if he was to do an episodic film, which of course we don't know if we're going to ever get those again, but of course you assume that we will because they make a ton of money. So, 
I do know that Taika at one point said when he was talking about the Star Wars movie he's going to do that uh, his movie is going to ruin Star Wars. And I don't know. I kind of love that. But that's also because I really love upsetting the really pretentious fanboys. (laughs) And anything to make them unhappy makes me happy. (laughs) I think that that's what he's thinking would happen but i don't think it would happen if he were to ruin star wars because it's gonna be they're setting it up to be a standalone yeah i think type of yeah type of i think ruining star wars is probably he's just gonna like break the mold of what we traditionally think exactly yeah that's essentially what that means in case yeah people were kind of wondering what that really meant but But also ryan johnson kind of broke the mold with his and that did not go well but i think that didn't go well because it was part of a set Mm -hmm. and you can't break something in the middle of a set and have it come out well yeah and have it be received universally yeah yeah so so i don't know yeah we're on the same page there with that i'm I'm excited to see how he breaks it (laughs) yeah yeah i mean his creative mind I am just eagerly anticipating to see what he comes up with. I mean, it it could be just totally off the wall, but it's going to be off the wall, not to the point where it's going to be silly and ridiculous. It's going to have substance. There's there's going to be really something deep involved with, with the story and, and possibly still connecting to, Possibly Knights of the Old Republic or another story. I mean, Revan, Bane. There, there's still a lot out there that Lucasfilm has not yet tackled in the Disney era that they they totally can and would be probably a slam dunk as far as success goes. I mean, making money at the box office. So, and of course, I think the fans have just been clamoring for. We've been clamoring for the Knights of the Old Republic, Old Republic stuff, Darth Bane, Revan, for so long now. It's just kind of like people don't even ask for it anymore. <laughs> and of course, I mean, we're getting all these TV shows and kind of like the Filoni verse type of uh, stuff, which I think the fans want. And with Dave Filoni being executive creative director, it feels like we're in good hands and. Star Wars is going to be steered in the appropriate direction. So the next thing I want to talk about is the fact that I never thought in a million years this would happen. It's so weird to me because I've grown up in South Texas all my life. I've gone to uh, the theme park Six Flags. It's called Six Flags Fiesta Texas. And I've been there many, many times. And I never thought in a million years I'd be seeing this guy at Fiesta, Texas in San Antonio. <laughs> Good old Ewan McGregor. <laughs> yep, he's going to show up to uh, San Antonio, Texas Celebrity Fan Fest. Uh, Celebrity Fan Fest is kind of like a Comic-Con style um, gathering, but it's... Uh, Ran by a gentleman named Bob Wills, which is a kind of Star Wars-y name there. But, um, yeah, he's ran Celebrity Fan Fest for uh, a little while now. And he's been able to 
pull some big time celebrities. I think a couple of years ago, everyone from uh, everyone, I think, except for Henry Cavill showed up from the DCEU. Henry Cavill and Gal Gadot, I don't think showed up, but I think it was Ben Affleck, Jason Momoa, Ray Fisher, I think who's returning. So this isn't just like a, a Star Wars or just Ewan. It's a lot of celebrities, actually. I think everyone from a lot of actors from Gotham are showing up. The Defenders from Netflix, Marvel are showing up. Um, and of course, since Ewan's showing up, uh, he's also bringing along Hayden. So they'll both be in my neck of the woods. And I know for sure I'll be getting Ewan's autograph and a picture with him. And he's going to do a panel as well. And I bought a VIP pass so I can sit towards the front and uh, hopefully take some video of it and put it up on our Patreon. And Take a uh, lot of notes. Yeah, yeah. I'm going to... So if you had listened to us uh, before when I visited Ray Park uh, in San Antonio as well, which is kind of wild because I have both of the uh, Chicago Celebration 2019 6-inch... uh, reproductions of the Phantom Menace figures, and I got Ray Park to sign that one. So the thing that I'm taking to you and assign is the other figure. So I'll have the set both signed by both of the actors, and I got Ray Park to record a couple of intros for the podcast. I haven't used them yet because there's some copyrighted music in the background. And I got to split the audio there. I know there's software to do it. I just have to get around to do it. So hopefully I'm going to ask you, and if it's not too rude <laughs> to record about a five second, a five second intro, maybe to the podcast. I don't know how it's going to be. I've actually never done it before. I'm not, I'm not a really big autograph guy, but um, going to all these celebrations, 2015, 2017, 2019, I've now somewhat kind of regretted not getting autographs and pictures it's an ultra expensive proposition too. So, I mean, for me, I kind of weigh, should I just be in line all day and not experience the show floor and the panels for celebration? Or should I, I mean, should I just go and get the autographs? Um, like I said, I'm not a big autograph guy, but I mean, it's kind of like one of those things that he's like in my backyard, man. I, I got to go see him. At the just, very least, you need to get uh, if you can't get him to record an intro to the pod, at least get him to say hello there. Because it's too iconic. It's right there. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, I think that's that's going to have to happen. But yeah, I'm super excited. I never thought I would see him in the flesh. I mean, I go to Celebration all the time, but still... It's one of those things. When you go to Celebration and all these celebrities are there doing autographs, they're all secluded. They're all hidden. I luckily got to see Daisy Ridley and John Boyega walk the floor with masks on. I identified that that was them. And no one else did. I'm like, is anyone seeing this? (laughs) (laughs) And of course, Daisy Ridley saw me. And she noticed that I noticed who she was. And she gave me a big thumbs up. And I'm just like looking around. (laughs) I have pictures. I I can show you the pictures. But yeah, I mean, you could totally tell it was John Boyega and Daisy Ridley. I mean, walking together and they had like kind of an entourage type setup around them. So this is all the way back in 2015. So they weren't quite as famous yeah. as they were because it was right before the, the Force Awakens dropped. But 
Yeah. Yeah. It's it's just an incredible thing to see him in person. So yeah. And hopefully when Ewan does the panel at Celebrity Fan Fest, he brings Hayden up on stage as well. And we get like a twofer. And but of course, I mean he might be signing all day and who who knows. So but I'm going and um Hopefully I get some cool stuff and I'll definitely put it up on Patreon. So the next thing is Cal Kestis. Uh, according to an article on The Verge, I'll read it here. Uh, Jedi Fallen Order's next-gen update will let you go from disc to digital. And I wanted to give a shout-out to one of our patrons, uh, Ted Martinez. He actually gave us the heads-up. So he actually just joined... And, uh, yeah, he was like, hey, have you heard about the uh, next-gen update? And I was like, no, I haven't. I actually have the game Jedi Fallen Order. I just haven't played it yet. I've seen all the cutscenes, so I know the story. But, yeah, it's uh, it's a cool thing that they're doing here uh, for the next-gen consoles. Due to the pandemic, COVID, they haven't been able to pump out the games for the next-gen consoles. I bought an Xbox Series X that uh, I really haven't played many games on yet because uh, the next-gen stuff hasn't really been released. but. According to the article, EA released a free next-gen update for Star Wars Jedi Fallen Order on Friday, and the announcement comes with good news for people who own a physical copy of the game but have a discless next-gen console. EA will let you convert your physical copy to a digital one so you can take advantage of the upgrade. If you want to upgrade your disc version to digital, you can click on the link. Uh, If you click on the digital edition PS5 or Xbox Series S icons and codes and promotions, then replace the disc with code, then select contact option, you'll be taken to a form to fill out the request for your digital code. So I'm kind of wanting to play it now. (laughs) (laughs) I know James, James played it and he played it all the way through. I think of course, Colin played it. He's, he's the big gamer on the podcast, but it was universally loved, universally accepted as a, uh, a star Wars game that uh, I think hadn't met expectations recently with, previous Star Wars games. And if you play games, I mean, I'm kind of referring to Battlefront, but I like Battlefront, so I didn't really complain too much about that. I love the multiplayer aspect and the fact that they went to Lucasfilm and they went to the warehouses and they scanned all the props and went to their digital library and used all of the film sound effects. And I liked it, so... I don't the... know anything about video games, so I can't really contribute. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's 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 worth a play, I think. I like I said, I haven't played Jedi Fallen Order. I know I get shame for it, but I have the game. <laughs> I just haven't played it. Just haven't had time to. Um so speaking of prequel characters, so Liam Neeson did an interview, was on the Jimmy Kimmel show. And of course, the thing I like about Jimmy Kimmel is he'll always ask the questions. When it's a Star Wars actor, he'll always ask about Star Wars. So he asked a question, and you can actually see the video on our Star Wars Stuff podcast Facebook group. And Liam Neeson, straight up with a straight face, said that he had not been approached for the Obi-Wan Kenobi series. And to me, that's a bold face lie. They approached him, <laughs> he's in the show. He's gonna be there. He's he's just trying to 
kind of save the surprise for I guess all the normies, not not us hardcore Star Wars fans, but you can pretty much count on it that he's there. I mean, Liam Neeson does every project that's presented to him almost, it seems like. <laughs> so for him not to come back to Star Wars, it's like and I mean he's friendly with Ewan as well. And I mean to come back to Star Wars now back kind of in its heyday, so to speak with streaming this new technology and not having to travel to Tunisia or a desert or uh, Abu Dhabi or whatever, just to go on the volume air conditioned. Mm -hmm. I mean, these guys are older and Ewan did bring up the fact that when he was younger, he loved to travel in movie sets and for projects. And now he lives in Southern California and just to drive to work and have kind of like a nine to five type of situation for star Wars is perfect for him. And I mean, it's all right there. He has to show up. And then of course we found out in that, uh, that book, I think you've been reading it, uh, the star Wars, uh, uh, Skywalker family at war. Yes. I believe that there's a reference made that you and, um, discovered, or finally communed with Qui-Gon after 10 years. And that's when Kenobi kind of takes place. Yeah. I don't, I don't know if it was mentioned in that book or not. Mm -hmm. I know they're focusing a lot about roasting Anakin. That's, that's mainly (laughs) what I've gotten so far. Yeah. Pun intended. (laughs) Full pun intended. Yeah. So, yeah, I mean, it's funny when I hear them hear actors that you know. I mean, Jimmy Smith as well. I mean, you figure he's going to be in Andor. You figure he might be in Kenobi. I mean, if he's there, there's a volume in in the UK. Shoot him in the volume for Kenobi while he's on set for Andor. You know, I mean. But I, uh, of course, there's there's no confirmation. There wasn't a confirmation. StarWars.com article. So. I like how uh, Liam Neeson's reason as to why he hasn't been approached was because uh, Lucasfilm and Disney doesn't have enough money. <laughs> yeah, yeah, he said that, and it's yeah, it's it's kind of funny there. It's like I'm sorry, they afforded Robert Downey Jr., who is the highest paid actor in Hollywood. So, <laughs> well, well, I mean, they still might be paying him. I mean, I mean, he Robert Downey Jr. might have broke their bank. You never know. That could be true. Yeah. So, yeah, Disney has a lot of money, but it's a finite amount. It's not unlimited. And I they mean, do they have budgets. own everything. Everything. Yeah. But, I mean, the more you own, the more people you got to pay, too. So it scales. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but, the, but the park prices have gone up, too. And Disney Plus has gone up, too. So if you just add, like, a penny to the price of Disney Plus, I think then we can then we could probably pay Liam. I mean Yeah. There's about I heard the figure for how many Disney Plus subscribers there are. I think it's somewhere in the range of Shall I Google it? Yeah, I think we need to Google this. Because I have a lot of numbers going through my head right now. And like I mentioned before, one out of every three households, I think, was reported to have seen Loki. 
So can you imagine when Obi-Wan drops? As of March 10, 2021, there was 100 million subscribers. Okay. So what's one penny times yeah. 100 million? That's too yeah. many zeros for me. Yeah, that that's yeah, that's a whole lot of money. So yeah, I don't think it's the money. I think he's coming back and I think he's just with legal reasons he really can't say, but yeah, he's he's pretty much coming back. So I, mean, I would hope so. Yeah, I <laughs> I mean, it would it's, be weird it's part of the story. It. It, it's really part of the legacy and the history of Obi-Wan Kenobi, which was set up by George Lucas in episode three, when Yoda told Obi-Wan that he learned to commune with Qui-Gon. I feel like at the very least, they would use like audio from the prequels of Qui-Gon, like at the very least. Well, you would think that uh, Qui-Gon would be the Obi-Wan to Obi-Wan, you know? I mean, yeah. just like how Obi-Wan was to Luke in the original trilogy, Obi-Wan needs a mentor. I mean, it's got to be Qui-Gon, right? Who else it's, is going to do it? Although, although in the Yoda. original trilogy, he did say that Yoda was his master, so. Yeah, that was <laughs> that was like that was like certain point of view stuff as well because Yoda was everyone's master, you know? This I mean, is true. he was Dooku's master. Qui-Gon's master. I mean, he was he was a big Jedi, but it's all fuzzy. Yeah, but um I'm here for it. So the latest episode of Bad Batch aired as it does every Friday morning in the wee hours. And it was entitled Battle Scars. It was 28 minutes long. But I think this episode was maybe the second best after the first episode as far as intensity and um, I guess to quote George Lucas fast fast and intense and the drama of it all and then one of the arcs that they were kind of leading to was with Wrecker hitting his head oh, and he hit his head again <laughs> yeah so oh. And I guess we, I guess you can, we can safely say that we got the reveal of the person at the end of that yeah. last episode. Like, don't get me wrong, I'm super excited that, that it's Rex, but yeah. I was really hoping for Bale. <laughs> yeah, I mean that was logical. I mean, but I mean, I, we were all anticipating Rex to show up because we, I think we saw him in was it he a was trailer or was trailer. it a okay? He was in a trailer, right. so we um, were all kind of anticipating him. I mean, having been this many episodes in and having not seen him, I forgot that he was going to show up. So when he did, I was like, oh, wait, yeah. <laughs> so I hope I hope we get to see him again before the end of the season or series, however it plays out. I think we will. That little nod at the end about if you ever need help, you know where to find us. I think he's going to play a part in something. And we had some references uh, to the Clone Wars. He referenced Fives. Uh, and there was him. no reaction from anybody. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> My friends were very upset about that. <laughs> <laughs> They're like, he said Fives and Echo did not react at all. I am hurt. <laughs> I'm traumatized. Yeah. 
So we also got an appearance of a Dianoga, I believe. We we hear the like roar of the Dianoga, mm-hmm. and uh, it was kind of a classic Star Wars situation. And Wrecker, afraid of heights, the the cable snaps. He ends up getting kind of tentacled by the Dianoga, and they simply just shoot the Dianoga, and it goes away. And they pull him up, and uh, you hear the classic roar, which I mean, Star Wars, you have to give it so much credit because that sound design that Ben Burt created for those original movies, it's its untouchable. I mean, I don't think there's any other franchise or anything else out there that's that has those iconic sound effects where you hear, you instantly know, instantly know it's Star Wars and that Dianoga roar. Same thing with the Rancor in, in the previous, in a couple episodes ago. I mean, you know that's a Rancor. And it, it, it's just a remarkable thing that Ben Burt did. I don't think he gets enough credit. And yeah, it's it's awesome. I love sound design. Yeah. <laughs> sound is one of those aspects of film that has always eluded me. It was that and screenwriting I never did well went well in in class. Mm-hmm. But that's because I'm not a creative writer. And then I just, I have a hard time understanding sound. And here I am on a podcast. <laughs> An audio medium. <laughs> yes, same thing. I mean, same for me. I mean, I, I didn't go to school for broadcasting communications, kind of for com- communications, but not like a speaking type of role in communications. But yeah, that's. Um, I don't think we want to go too much into the episode. We're going to try and release commentaries for the Bad Batch here. We're trying to get that underway here, so you can always. Visit our Patreon at uh, Star Stuff Podcast 2187 and check us out there. And I believe I'm going to record a video today where I um, show everyone everything that I picked up at Galaxy's Edge. This Ooh. is actually a tumbler, so it's actually metal and it keeps your stuff very cold or very hot for most of the day. Oh, so it's like a Yeti. Right, exactly. This is what I, I have, but it's mint and not as cool as having <laughs> droids all over it. Yeah. And the also unique aspect is this bottom, it's rubber. So you get some traction. So when you set it on something, it has grip so it doesn't move. I just shook my table with the cup. Oh my gosh, I really wish I had that. Yeah. I should have bought one like that when the TSA agent stole my first Yeti. It was so, stolen and, out of my suitcase. So yeah, this airport. is a little <laughs> Yeah. So yeah, this is kind of I guess a little preview of what I'm gonna do here. I'm gonna it's show so this. So cool. Yeah. So I bought this at uh at the cafeteria of um Pop Century, the resort. So oh, I think that's it was where thir- I stayed. Yeah, it was it was thirty two dollars, uh, but of course unlimited refills. So I was there for a week, so I drank from this the whole time. And I had yeah. this. I carried this. What I did was I filled it with ice. I walked through the park. Uh, and, of course, there's water stations. You get free water. Uh, so I just put water in it. And I was hydrated all the way through. So I just carried this around. And I stuck it in my backpack whenever I got on a ride or whatever. And I just, I just drank all the water. The ice stayed in there because it stays cold. So I just put it in my backpack, closed the lid, um, closed the top. And I was good to go. So solid plan yeah i didn't i didn't make that plan it just happened that way (laughs) (laughs) i didn't even know this thing existed and my buddy was like hey that's like a yeti and 
we it had like a little description of what it was and i was like i was gonna buy it anyways because yeah it's pretty cool yeah it's it was refillable and i that's usually what i do so yeah um the other kind of spoilery thing that i know we kind of spoil a little bit about the bad batch um there was a toy leak apparently I wasn't able to find the picture, but I do remember seeing the picture this past week. And I'm not sure if it's one of those things, because I know you go to toy stores and you see um, characters from a certain film, but with uh, the branding, the logos from another series type of Mm -hmm. thing. Um, Excuse me. So apparently there was a Bo-Katan Lego set and it had Bad Batch branding on it. So I don't know if that means she's going to appear in the Bad Batch um, or if it's just one of those things where they just slapped on the Bad Batch just to kind of... Now, is that um, like a picture was seen or somebody saw it in a store? uh, It was was like a catalog picture. Like it was a white background and they just had the, uh, the Lego set up and it had her ship that you see in the Mandalorian season two and the very last episode, I believe. So it could have been like a mock-up. Yeah. It could have been that it could have just been, I mean, inventory that was created after the Mandalorian toy run was completed. And it's like, well, we got to put it out in some toy line, just slap that back on it. She's Mandalorian. She's kind of around. So could be that situation. I don't know, but uh, I wouldn't be surprised if Bo-Katan shows up. I mean, it wouldn't be the first time that Disney messed something up with uh, the branding because Mm -hmm. I know you can buy. I saw these in um, when I was at Disney, uh, but I know you can buy Batu Ray action figures, but it's just the last Jedi Ray. And they have completely different hair and the outfits are slightly different. So you can tell, but they're just selling the same doll under two different names. So... Okay, so what should she look like? Batu Ray has the last Jedi like brown tunic and stuff right. with her hair in the buns and a staff. Okay. And then the last Jedi Ray has that brown tunic, her hair down in a lightsaber. Hmm. And the one okay. with the lightsaber is uh branded as Batu Ray. Okay. So <laughs> you can buy Batu Ray and Last Jedi Ray, and it's going to be the same figure. Yeah, because I know I that think there was a head mix up is what happened. Because <laughs> it would be a difference of the head. I think there was a mix up with the heads. Because okay. I think that happened with a different character as well. But I can't remember offhand. Okay. Hmm. Anyway, it's possible. Yeah, yeah, totally. Some oversight somewhere. <laughs> Yeah, so I think that's pretty much all I had. Um, Did you have anything that you wanted to talk about Star Wars related? Anything on your mind? Not particularly. I know you mentioned Anakin getting roasted. Yes. Um, I don't know if I have them saved in my texts or not. Um, But there are quite a few just absolute gems uh, that I have found while reading this book. Um, 
Let's see. I'm going to have to dig through my texts. Elevator music. Hold, please. <laughs> yeah, this whole week I thought about the Book of Boba Fett and just being super hyped for it. I'm just... I'm kind of thrilled with what Tamir Morrison said. The fact that they're going to go back in his history, maybe get Vader stuff in there. That would be awesome to see that. Maybe the recruitment of of the bounty hunters to to look for Solo and the Falcon. Maybe the Falcon. I mean, there's there's a lot of opportunity there. Okay, I found it. Okay. So perfect. Um, so uh, here's one quote about Anakin. He was hailed as the chosen one. His pride swelled at the notion, the first seeds of an arrogance that would fully bloom when he reached adulthood. No kidding. <laughs> um, then there was another quote, Anakin's deep well of unfettered rage. Um, also, the book described Jedis as having guardianship of the galaxy. And now I need a Guardians of the Galaxy Star Wars crossover. <laughs> uh, I think Han would be Star Lord, Leia, Gamora, uh, Luke would be Drax, R2 think, would be Groot. <laughs> I think fans have made mock-ups of that. Let's like, do it. A mashup of of Guardians in Star Wars. Yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, just about every page has something about how Anakin is childish or has a ton of rage. Yeah. And I'm like, thank you. We need to acknowledge this. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah, I have heard, I haven't read the novels, but the uh, novelization of Revenge of the Sith, I heard is really, really good with kind of fleshing out Anakin's character and the whole story as a whole. Um, because, of course, we only had a couple hours with Revenge of the Sith, so it's kind of hard to yeah really develop the characters. But uh, I'm kind of thinking about actually reading it. and. The stories of Star Wars are fantastic. Yeah, and... I'm really liking the Skywalker Family at War book because it's written as if it's a nonfiction biography about the family. Mm. But, of course, it's about the Skywalkers, which are fictional characters. But it, it delves into like their history and where they came from and stuff. And it's it's really interesting to see that side of it. And it pulls from everything. So... um it mixes in events from the films as well as the Clone Wars. I'm only in the prequel section so far. Um, but it basically, it kind of like lines them up. So, you know, like timeline wise what happened, which I mean, I've never really thought about like at what points in the Clone Wars TV series are we at with what points in the movies. Um, but it it puts it all together and you get to like, learn like a lot of stuff about these characters and like stuff they're doing um like when we don't see them on screen so it's it's really interesting to read so who's the author um is it Kristen baber yes okay yeah i know she took over for the star wars show she started doing like weekly shows i believe and um, yeah, that's cool. Yeah, she's a she's a pretty huge Star Wars fan. So yeah, I I want to check out Revenge of the Sith now because I heard someone say that yeah, it's it's a pretty good story and and helps you kind of have the most insight you can possibly have that's that's approved by by Lucasfilm for for the prequels. 
And I constantly hear people say Revenge of the Sith is the best Star Wars film. And it's like, nah. <laughs> it's all a matter of opinion. Yeah, it's like, nah, I don't think so. But um, um, I do know I haven't been able to read it the full way through because it had to be returned to the library. Um, but I was reading an, the novelization of A New Hope. Mm-hmm. And uh, there's some really, really good treasures in there. Um, apparently, there are dogs in the Star Wars universe. Because you can hear dogs barking in the distance. Um, oh, the past tense of thrive is throve. It was the <laughs> Empire Throve, um, which was really upsetting. Uh, and it described Vader as taller than a tall man. <laughs> I don't know what that means. <laughs> That's uh, approximately six foot seven. Okay, cool. Yeah. The- Hmm. I wonder what a tall man is. Because if he's taller maybe, than a tall man. Maybe 6'3", six, 6'5". Six, I don't know. Yeah, let's go with Death that. Death Trooper. Death Trooper height. And then um, I learned in, by reading that book that um, Luke's nickname on Tatooine was Wormy. But it does not tell you why. <laughs> and I have a lot of questions. <laughs> Did you see anything about Cammy? Yes, she was mentioned. Yeah, the, um, the only other female in A New Hope. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yep, yeah. she's she's part of Luke's gang of friends. Yeah, Cammy and Biggs and some other people with really weird names. Yeah, or their nicknames, kind of like Wormy. I have a lot of questions about that. Where do you come up with Wormy? Why is it Wormy? Why why is that associated with Luke? I, I don't understand a lot about that nickname. <laughs> yeah, that made that made me think of Skyhoppers. I, I hope we see Skyhopper stuff in, in Kenobi. Maybe a ten year old Luke flying a Skyhopper for the first time. Maybe we'll learn where he get where he got that nickname from in Kenobi. Uh, yeah. I mean It's possible. It's within yeah. the realm of possibility. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, that definitely is possible. And hopefully get some Womp Rats. We haven't seen Womp Rats yet on screen. Mm. We've seen those scurriers, which people mistake for Womp Rats all the time. But yeah, Womp Rat looks like a rat. And uh, we might get to see them be uh, bullseyed, <laughs> as they talk about, in, uh, as Luke mentions in A New Hope. Yeah. But uh I wonder yeah. if we we'll see a young Biggs, if we see a young Luke. Probably. Prob- I think there's a good chance. I mean. Or Cammy. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. The whole crew. I mean, that would be that would be a cool nod. Definitely. And Deborah Chow is, is I think she. Pretty sure she has a full understanding of what the mandate, I think, is for Obi-Wan Kenobi. And to have it in the same type of kind of form, structure, tone, um, and kind of sensibility that the Mandalorian was bringing back characters, creatures, callbacks, and having that that connection to the past because it's so closely related to the original trilogy. And I think that was one of the big selling points to Ewan going back to that interview. He, I mean, he felt super nostalgic seeing those stormtroopers and, and that that affected him, and just he mentioned the fact that watching the Mandalorian made him like come back to Star Wars in a way, you know. 
because the prequels were so kind of different. It was still Star Wars, but it wasn't what the Star Wars he knew. But of yeah. course, he was playing an iconic character in Obi-Wan Kenobi. And Ewan was probably the standout thing from the prequels. And of course, we're getting him back. Super excited. And I'm meeting him next month. I hope we get more and more prequel characters. <laughs> and here we go with Sabe Corner. I wasn't going to say your name. <laughs> okay, Colin's got Max Rebo and you got Sabe now. Yeah, so I'm kind of go for the it. fact that, that Sabe to me is Max Rebo to Colin makes me really rethink ever saying Sabe's name on this podcast ever again. <laughs> Who's my character? I guess I'm going to go with Salacious Crumb. He's on my, I guess, right shoulder, if you look carefully. Oh, yeah. Yep, I see him then. Yep. He's riding a uh, Lothcat. I know Sam has a character, but I can't remember what it is offhand. Yeah, I think I'm going to go with Salacious. Um, yeah, I think I'll stick with Salacious Crumb. I love the name. Monkey lizard. I mean, that's yeah. hysterical, <laughs> hysterical, and simultaneously ridiculous. So, well, all right. Um, I also, I think this is kind of long overdue. I want wanted to shout out some of the people that submit and post memes and are part of our Patreon that um, are constantly interacting with us, contributing, giving us ideas, and uh, making us smile and laugh every day. I want to recognize and give a shout, shout out to Tim Seitz. Yes. He's like a, he's like a meme lord. <laughs> it's like every every day he has at least a handful of memes that he shares. Also with Marvel as well. He's a part of that group as well. So, yeah, he's been around for a long time. One of the guys that, that's been following us for a long time, ever since the beginning. And he met, he didn't meet me, but he met James and Joseph in Celebration uh, in Chicago. Uh, 2019 it's uh, Danny Massey he's been a part of Patreon ever since the beginning and he's always liked our stuff loved our stuff shared it and um and Ted Martinez he gave us the uh the the uh, alert for the Calcastus story so yeah um also Wendell and Tara uh they're a Star Wars couple and uh, they contribute sometimes, and they've they've been patrons for for a while. And yeah, um, thank you for all the support, all the love. And um, I'm about to drop a video today, I think. So be on the lookout for that. And of course, uh, now we're on Amazon Music and Audible, and you can find us at Audible. You can find this podcast on Audible. And I'd like to ask for you to rate and review us on audible i'm not sure how much that helps but uh, it's there a lot of podcast apps don't have that capability of course apple does if you haven't done it yet five stars write a review just a sentence was fine just something short sweet because i know that does help other people find our podcasts it helps um it just helps in general um so yeah you can find us there Facebook, we have a page, we have a group, Instagram, Star Wars Stuff Podcast, and of course, TikTok, we're there as well. And that's pretty much it for this week. 
And for Ray, my name is David. May the force be with you. Always. Thank you.